Howdy! On today's episode of the Better Living for Texans podcast, we're joined by our regional project specialist, Andrea Stelting, to discuss how does BLT programming look different in urban versus rural counties in Texas? for joining us. We've got a really great episode for you today. I'm super excited to get to our interview with Andrea, but before we do, I want to briefly talk about Texas, specifically the demographics of our big old Lone Star State. Now, according to a study from the Federal Reserve Food Bank of Dallas, since the early 1900s, Texas has grown faster than the United States itself. Now, this was partially due to Texas's oil boom, and especially during the 1970s when you know oil prices skyrocketed. But in the decades since, many residents uh, from other states and immigrants have been drawn to Texas's robust economy and expanding high-profile companies placing headquarters and major business operations in the state's largest cities like Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, and the rapidly growing Austin. So in fact, actually, those five cities are all included in the list of the top 15 largest cities by population in the United States. As of last year, this brings a total to about 29 million people who call Texas home. So of that 29-ish million, it's actually a little bit like 28.7 million, so we'll just call it 29 for, for, for fun. Of that 29 million, as of 2010, and again, 2010 was the last day of the the biggest census collection, Uh, a staggering 85% of Texans live in urban areas. So the Texas Demographic Center classifies 82 of Texas's counties as metropolitan or urban counties. So this means that, yes, only 15% of Texans live in the remaining 172 rural counties. Now, that divide in population of Texas, and frankly, like the rest of the United States, is quite shocking. But fortunately, Better Living for Texans is equipped to serve Texans in all counties. However, there are kind of different strategies we go about to find you know, the best way to reach our participants. So here to talk about what BLT is doing to truly help reach every Texan, we have Andrea Stelting. So let's get right to our interview. All right, now on the podcast, we have Andrea Stelting, and she is a regional pro- project or program specialist. Which project. one is it? Project, project specialist. Yes, regional project specialist in um, our central region for Better Living for Texans. So Andrea, thank you so much for coming on and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Emily. I'm excited to be here with you today um, and just kind of share some some information about our program and and what we focus on, you know, not only in the central region, but across the state. Um, I started um, as an AgriLife Extension agent for community, family and community health um, many years ago. I started (laughs) in Childers County um, and then transferred to Donnelly County. And um, I've been with the Better Living for Texas program for five years. Very cool. Very cool. And like, so as you mentioned too, we're talking about, um, Today, we're talking about the kind of differences between how BLT looks, but also serves our rural communities versus kind of our, it's not versus, it's not a competition, but um, kind of comparing and contrasting the urban versus the rural um, 
ways in which BLT reaches our, our audience and our, helps our participants. So we'll go ahead and start with um, the urban setting. So what would you say as a BLT, if, you know, if someone in a big city, so obviously the biggest cities in Texas are Dallas, Houston, um, and San Antonio and Austin. So Harris and Dallas County and then Bear County and Travis County. What, what does BLT kind of look like in those, those bigger, those bigger cities? That's a really good question. Um, because when you go to programs, um, you know, it, it starts, there's a lot of different sections of what I, I call, you know, what we do. It's not just going out and programming, you know, you're building a program, you know, you advertise, you market that program, you meet with stakeholders in your counties, um, you try to encourage, you know, volunteers, um, working partnerships with other people. And in our urban counties, the great thing is, is that, you know, you have the potential to have so many different partners. You know, you're looking at other agencies that serve our population. Um, mm -hmm. You look at, um, you know, different organizations and corporations, you know, in a larger area, you're going to have um, healthcare facilities that do a lot of outreach and education to the public, you know, specifically that limited resource group. And so, you know, from our standpoint, the great thing is, is, you know, we have the potential to go out and to, to meet with those people, um, to share our information and our research um, and resources with them and, um, and help find, you know, the people that we need to reach out to. And so it's great. Um, I serve uh, Wise County, Parker County, Wichita County, and District 3. And then I have um, a large portion of what we call the I-35 corridor um, mm -hmm. down through Ellis Johnson County, McLennan County, which is Waco uh, County, into Williamson County. And so I have all the way down just north of Austin. Um, and I love going to those counties and I love meeting with people that are passionate about working with our audience. Um, you know, again, it's it's so interesting to me that our educators in those counties, you know, they have the potential and many of them are doing two to three programs a day. You know, there is a, a large need, you know, yeah. even with a, a Tarrant in a Dallas County. Um, yes, there's a huge audience um, there. But even in McLennan County, you think, you know, well, Waco, that's, you know, that's a really nice town. You don't think about the poverty that might be there. You know, mm -hmm. you're looking at close to 60,000 SNAP recipients just in McLennan County alone. And, wow. you know, that's a lot of people, you know, to try to find. And that's a lot of people to serve. And so it takes a lot of different groups. It takes a lot of different agencies, um, you know, feeding programs, wellness programs, and different things like that. And so, you know, we've been able to reach out um, and kind of be flexible. We're not just your standard here, come to this nutrition class anymore. Um, I love going because, you know, when we go out to these programs and you see partnerships like uh, the Family Health Clinic in Waco that um, has a prescription plan um, for those that need extra fruit or vegetables, mm -hmm. you know, with their food distribution. And they do food distribution straight out of that clinic um, for those. They were able to incorporate our gardening program this spring. And so those that um, participated in that doctor wellness program, you know, not only did they get a prescription plan uh, for extra fruits and vegetables during the food distributions, um, but they also um, got to be a part of our gardening program, you know, and that added some extra incentives. You know, they were able to, you know, get nice plants and take them home and grow, you know, some of their own vegetables. And so that's really exciting to have that opportunity to reach out 
um, and, and really have, um, you know, have that voice and have that face um, that we have with, with a lot of different partners. Uh, we get a lot of volunteers um, in a larger community. You know, if you have a, a community college, like um, we have several that come from public health, you know, education mm-hmm. programs that are, are needing volunteer hours, you know, as a part of their education. And so they'll reach out to us um, and come and help and volunteer and give programs. And it may be leading a chair exercise, you know, for a walk and talk um, or, mm-hmm. you know, just talk about, you know, the benefits of, you know, better nutrition. It's really interesting to me to see um, the options that we have when we're in that urban community. Um, it's just it's a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun to be able to work with with so many different people um, that are, you know, really reaching out and looking to to benefit not only their community, but then also the surrounding areas that come in. Um, we've done a lot of open houses where we've just worked with different food pantries and Bell County specifically, there is a ton of food pantries in that county. Um, Interesting. It's, um, I mean, there's, there's one little section of town as an older part of Temple that it seems like there's a, some type of food distribution, food pantry on, you know, every block it almost seems like um and so in doing so you know we've been able to work with a lot of those volunteers that run those food pantries um a lot of them are funded by churches um and Mm -hmm. so working with that faith-based community also you know just allows more outreach for us um to go into those what i call pockets of the community um you know to encourage people to come to our educational programs they may just be coming there because you know they need um interview skills, you know, to get a job or they, you know, might just be there for the food distribution, but in going and encouraging them to come to our classes, you know, and learning about wellness, learning about um, nutrition, uh, we get to see the same people, you know, coming back and really enjoying the classes. Right. Right. I think that's, that's really, really interesting that I think there's so, like you said, so many opportunities for, um, such a wide array of how we can outreach our audience through those partners, but then also kind of why they're coming to the specific locations. What would you say are some of those limitations though of, um, or maybe challenges of that BLT has to overcome in those urban settings? You know, sadly there is um, in the world that we live in, there is so much need. Mm -hmm. It's almost impossible for, you know, one person to be able to, you know, reach out, um, and meet the needs of all of those people. And so that's the great thing about having those extra co- collaborators around. But then at the same point, you know, we have a lot of people, you know, that are doing, you know, mm-hmm. providing programming, you know, not necessarily research-based programming like we are, but they're, you know, they're reaching out and providing some things for them and services. Um, and so it's almost for some, it seems like a competition. Um, and But I really don't see it that way. You know, I, I just mm-hmm. see it as an extra opportunity to be able to, to reach out and work together. Um, and then also, you know, one of the things that that I see as something in one of those urban areas, you don't really have the opportunity to build relationships, you know, with our folks as you would um, in, in a more rural area. You know, um, they come in in a lot of cases, they're always very nice. and They're always very appreciative of the information, um, but they come in, they do their class and they, you know, 
to go to the next thing. Some of them are mandated mm-hmm. to come to our classes. You know, we have a lot of working relationships and a couple of my counties actually um, provide classes to adult and juvenile probation uh, folks, um, even CPS, uh, our CPS groups are um, sent to us for some classes, um, adult education, if, if English is a second language for them mm-hmm. and they're trying to learn. Um, one of my favorite um, classes that I've gone to is in Parker County. They have an amazing adult education center there and um, we do a fresh start to healthier you and I've done several other classes there um, for that ESL class. And as we talk about meal planning and we talk about, you know, better substitutions and making your plate colorful and some things like that. And they're, you know, yes, they're learning nutrition, but they're also learning how to speak English. And so, you know, just holding up, you know, a plate and holding up, you know, a different vegetable, you know, they would repeat everything that the educator would say, you know, because, you know, they're really, um, really engrossed in that education, but also, you know, trying to learn a life skill too. So um, I love it. I, I think it's absolutely great. That's awesome. Yeah. I've actually been to that Parker County um, Adult Education Center and you're right. It's so cool. And it's a very diverse group of of people. And for those who are listening, Parker County is, what's the the county seat? Is it Weatherford? Weatherford, So it's like right to or west or to the left, if you're looking on a map of Fort Worth or the the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. Um, So yeah, it's kind of two two birds with one stone of not only am I learning to eat a little bit better, but improving a language. And I think that just shows kind of like the breadth of what BLT, um, this programming, our programming can offer to the community. So as we, as we literally just talking about kind of moving outside of the Metroplex area, what does, um, what would this kind of, what does BLT and our programming look like in a more rural setting? What's, what are some of the advantages of maybe, you know, um, Uh, catering and reaching out to and serving our our smaller, uh, more rural counties in Texas? So I was born and raised in rural Texas and um, had the opportunity to serve as a county agent in two um, great counties, um, but a lower, you know, population, um, of course, you know, and we're talking, you know, an entire county with less than a thousand people. And so, you know, it's, it's really interesting, you know, whereas in an urban county, I mean, they are totally focused on BLT every day, all day long. Those county extension agents in a rural county, they may have, you know, a lot of other responsibilities, whether it's mm-hmm. with civic organizations, 4-H, um, family and health matters that are not necessarily geared towards um, our limited resource audience. So for BLT in a rural county, you know, most places are only going to have, um, if they work alongside a food bank in their area, they're only going to have distribution um, once, possibly twice a month, depending on the percentage of their population that needs. And so, you know, you don't have that opportunity of a daily interaction with folks. You know, where I live mm-hmm. in Ford County, um, which is, um, I'm right here at um, the South, I guess we'll call the southeast corner of the Texas Panhandle. Um, you know, we serve about 70 families in our, our little town of, of a thousand. And, wow. um, and we have a food distribution that is twice a month. And the food bank doesn't even come to us. So transportation has to be organized um, within the county for someone to drive 80 miles to go and pick up. Um, the food that that we um, supply our food bank with. 
And so, you know, when you think about just distribution twice a month, you know, that's your only opportunity to really reach out to them unless you're doing it through social media or maybe you have a local newspaper. Most of our little towns don't have them anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a senior center in every town um, and that's not the case anymore. Um, And so, you know, you're looking at maybe just having, you know, two opportunities a month to reach these folks. And so as opposed to, you know, being able to to share information every day. Um, most of our rural areas are going to, they've got a school, especially their elementary school, will um, be qualified as um, a limited resource based on their feeding program, whether they mm-hmm. are uh, free or reduced meals. And so a lot of our educators will go into the school because, you know, we really feel like, you know, starting them young and teaching them the basics of my plate and some things like that and physical activity is really important. Um, and so, you know, they might have that opportunity to do um, a program once a year, you know, with the school mm-hmm. and, um, school scheduling. And so um, the great thing about being in a rural county and reaching out and helping those people is, you know, you really get to build relationships with them. You know, you know them, you know, you see them when you go to the grocery store, you see them when they're picking their kids up from school, you know, you right. know them on more than just a, I saw you at class basis. And so, um, and the great thing about extension, and the one thing that I always loved is, you know, people knew, you know, that I was a good resource, you know, that I would give them good, honest information. And so um, one thing that I always encourage the agents that I work with to do is just put together, you know, local resources, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, the phone number to the closest WIC office, um, you know, if there's any other feeding programs, if there's anybody else that, you know, does, um, you know, services like we provide, um, where, you know, they just, they have a handout, you know, and they've got it, you know, in case they have questions or if they need anything, they know who they need to contact. Because that may be hard for them sometimes is to be able to find, you know, what they need. Um, especially in a rural area, you know, we don't have um, in many locations here, um, you know, you don't have a hospital or a health care clinic right down the street. You might have to drive 30 miles or maybe right. even six miles. Um, you know, in a lot of our little communities, you know, you might have a mom and pop grocery store. Some of ours do not, you know, mm-hmm. so they're having to drive 30 miles, you know, to the closest grocery store. So just being able to offer some of those extra resources to those folks, um, is always very exciting. And I, I always enjoyed that, you know, because word gets out, everybody knows who you are um, <laughs> and knows that, you know, that you can help, um, you know, or at least, you know, get them an answer. And so that's one of the things that I always enjoyed. Um, you know, when I was in Childers County, the only food distribution that they had there was in the basement of a Methodist church. And wow. one of the first things that I saw there was we had a lot of older people coming to um, the distribution. And, you know, it was hard for them by the time they would go through and pick up their items, you know, just carrying up up the stairs to get to their car that might be a block down the street was difficult. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, you start talking to people and asking, you know, different, you know, scenarios of who can we get to help. And so one of the things that I have always um, really strongly believed in is volunteering, you know, and, and helping. And so I got my 4-H kids involved and they had to sign up one month a year. You have to come and help. And that's all they would do. They would come and they would follow the person around through the food distribution and they would help them and carry their stuff out to the car. Um, and the kids loved that, you know, years later, you know, they were so proud that they had the opportunity to do that because 
for some of those kids, they would have never known, you know, that that was a need. Um, right. And so, you know, that was the one thing that I was always very proud about, you know, being in a small county um, and helping people and bring different groups of people together um, to help one another. Right. It's really, I really love that focus on the the quality of the partnerships that you can have and that more kind of that opportunity for greater kind of one-on-one, I guess you could say, of um, really kind of, you know, honing in on this idea that what we're doing is here is, is it's a, as we were talking about kind of a, a lifestyle of it's not, Hey, I just saw you at class. It's a, Hey, I saw you around town. Like you can check up and you can have that more, again, that personal connection, um, which I think is a amazing pro, I guess you could say of, of serving in these rural counties. What would you say though, as we're kind of closing out here, some, some limitations of um, the smaller counties of, where some challenges that BLT has to overcome in a more rural county. So the great thing about extension is we meet the people where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very much the case with, you know, our BLT programming, you know, most of these people, you know, may not even have transportation to come to an office. Most of our um, county agents that are in rural counties, they don't even have a meeting space in their office. They're just in a small office in the county courthouse. And so, um, you know, That is the biggest concern is location. Often a lot of these locations that we would go to, um, you know, there's no, you may be outside, you know, you don't have access to electricity, you don't have access to Wi-Fi, you know, some things like that, you know, Mm -hmm. that, you know, someone with actual meeting space, you know, would be able to, you know, have a big presentation and things like that. Um, They're not always going to have that availability. Um, In my neighboring county, she does food distribution once a month and it is all outside. And so she has a little table she sets up and she has um, food safety information, any food recall um, information that needs to be set up, um, you know, but it's just her and her table and her information and just visiting with people um, and sharing that information. Uh, one of the things that that I have found um, that's becoming more and more um, in our rural areas is limited places for them to meet, you know, Mm -hmm. you could go go to any church, you could go, there was a community center that, you know, you could, um, as long as you were on the schedule, you could actually, you know, have your meetings there. Um, That's not necessarily the case anymore. Um, And some of our counties in central Texas, um, you know, if you try to have a meeting somewhere, somebody wants to charge you for that. And so, of course, we can't pay for that meeting space. And so that is a limitation. Um, right. and a barrier for us. Um, of course, there's going to be fewer partners um, and, you know, fewer audience members. You know, in my case, I was always proud if I had five people, you know, that came. Yeah. To but, you know, those five people can make a difference and those five people can go home and tell five other people, you know. Right, right. And so that, you know, that's how I always, you know, have looked at it. And that's what I encourage of our agents um, now. Um, you know, and then, like I said earlier, in urban counties, you know, we have people that are required to come to our classes, and that's great. Um, that's not always the case in our rural counties. Um, and so that, that of course, is a limitation and, and a concern for us that we know um, that the population is there. We know that there's a lot of need. You know, sadly, through COVID, you know, we've seen um, the need almost double. I, I, in fact, saw a headline yesterday that was very disturbing that it said that um, in the last eight months, 
we have declined back 20 years um, in our goal to improve food insecurity, you know. Wow. Um, um, it's devastating to know not all of our clients are SNAP recipients. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. what we look at is, you know, SNAP eligibility. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they receive SNAP benefits. You know, there's a lot of people out there that would be eligible um, that have a lot of need that, you know, they don't receive those benefits either because they don't know that they're eligible. Um, and a lot of people just it's an embarrassment to have to go and ask, you know, for help. And so um, that's one thing that I always look at and encourage is, you know, they don't necessarily have to be receiving food assistance. You know, they could be receiving some other type of assistance and would still qualify for for our educational programs. And so um, I've never walked away from a class, whether I was an agent or in this role of supporting agents, um, that people were not just completely appreciative of, you know, the work that we do and the information that we share with them. Right. That's, yeah, I, I really liked how you mentioned though, the, um, that, you know, you can't, t- even in, I feel like in ur- urban and rural settings, you, you, even if you have five people that come to your class, you know, that you're making a difference in five people's lives who are going to go home and tell maybe their family or their friends or their neighbor. And it's that kind of that compound, uh, marketing of just word of mouth and these other, uh, kind of tried and true ways of like just letting people know what we're doing in our community is so important. Um, and that doesn't matter where you are. So I guess, you know, as, as we're kind of uh, to leave a final thought, what would you say is kind of the one thing that regardless of whatever County you are in, in Texas, uh, what can BLT provide to you, to your community, to your family to help improve, whether it's, you know, being more active, eating a bit healthier, growing your own foods in your backyards, on your patio. What is one thing that is standard across our entire BLT programming? I've had the opportunity to to witness a lot of programs, um, not only just here in in the central region, but, you know, in in the Panhandle and East Texas. Um, You know, I'm I'm so blessed to, to work with a group of people that we have within our BLT program because, I mean, truly, um, the work that is being done across the state um, is just top-notch, just absolutely top-notch. And so, you know, like I said earlier, people are always appreciative to come to our programs. I think it's so important to um, offer hope to people, you know, for so many years, they've thought that, you know, the only way that they could afford to eat was just to buy junk food. Um, and that's not necessarily the case. I think a lot of it is just not knowing. And so us providing that um, that hope to them, that encouragement to them um, is so very important. And so, you know, it is. It is just life balance, you know, eating good food, eating um, healthy food, not necessarily, you know, expensive, you know, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't have to be expensive to be good for you. Um, you know, taking care of yourself, trying to be as physically active as possible. I'm not a runner. I'm not going to encourage anybody to run, but I can get outside <laughs> and I can walk, you know, and I think that that good, healthy eating habits and good physical activity is going to be so important across the board, not just physically, but mentally um, in the world that we live in. 
Um, and just taking care of each other is so important. And so that's why, you know, our educators go out, they share that information, they ask the participants, you know, share this information with your loved ones, you know, bring them to class with you next time. Um, you know, we definitely want to help reach out to everybody that we can help. And so that's that's one thing that I'm proud to say that I work for Extension. Um, I'm proud to say that I work for BLT um, because I know that every day we're helping somebody live a better life. I love that. I love that thought. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on. This has been like really, I feel like informative and giving kind of a more inside view of kind of what we do and why we can really, you know, for the AgriLife mission of reaching every Texan, what BLT is doing to help make sure that that's coming true and is, you know, being practiced every day with what we do. So Andrea, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Emily. Anytime. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you learned a little bit something about Texas and a little bit more about what we do here at Better Living for Texans. If you're interested in learning more, check us out on our website at blt.tamu.edu or you can check us out on social media. So at facebook.com backslash better living for Texans or on Instagram and Twitter at better Texans. And we'll see you next week. USDA is an equal opportunity provider and employer. This material was funded by the USDA's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP.